Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Relatable Voice. The RV is headed to beautiful Hawaii to speak to Gary Ivey. Gary is an entrepreneur and an author. He published his first book entitled Blacklash, as well as its sequel, Blacklash 2, Justice Denied, both available now. So, aloha, Gary, and welcome to the RV. Aloha. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. We, uh, we have such a great place to live here uh, where the... The weather doesn't change very much all year round where I live, just a, a few hundred feet from the water. So it's very nice. Very nice. I'm jealous, Gary. <laughs> so Gary, you were living in Georgia and you are originally from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what brought you to Hawaii? Well, our only child as a daughter. And so uh, her family has been in Hawaii for 20 years. And that means that our only grandchildren are here in Hawaii. And um, about uh, seven years ago, we decided that if our grandchildren were going to really know us and not just see us once a year or so, uh, that uh, we needed to do what was necessary to, to move to Hawaii. So we just had our our sixth anniversary of living here. Wow, six years, and it was for a very good reason. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's been well worth it. And you also lived in Texas, Mississippi, Alabama. Is there anything you miss about living in the South? Well, uh, I can say as far as uh, living here as opposed to living on the mainland, generally, uh, we, we have access to a lot less in terms of uh, what you think of, uh, the variety of restaurants and the, um, you know, things that are always available on, on the mainland. When we lived in Georgia, uh, if we wanted to go to Walmart and the Walmart we went to didn't have what we wanted, we could go to another one four or five miles away. Well, here, there's one Walmart on the island and one Costco and one Macy's, and we do not have any uh, mainland banks. They're all just local Hawaii banks or uh, credit unions, and we don't have many. Uh, chain restaurants and that sort of thing. So, so that's what we miss most is uh, the things that people on the mainland pretty much take for granted. Sometimes it, like you miss going out and seeing a lot of restaurants and people around. Do you have like summer and winter or, or not? 
Yeah, we don't really have four seasons as as you would expect on the mainland. Uh, here on our island, we only have one tree that loses its leaves uh, in the season. Uh, everything else stays green. Um, and uh, like today in uh, on a January day, uh, it's going to get up to about 80 uh, here on uh, at the coast. But I mean, you can also drive, we have two volcanic peaks that are over 13,000 feet in elevation, and you can go and there's a couple of feet of snow up there at this time of year. So um, it's, it's a real mixture of climates within a very short distance, mm-hmm. because the Hawaiian islands are basically just volcanic peaks that come up from the ocean floor. And Gary, your career path is quite interesting. (laughs) So can you share with our listeners what you were doing prior to publishing your first book? Yes, uh, I spent um, six and a half years as a church pastor in uh, the southern United States, and then another six years Uh, in a denominational headquarters office doing communication work, uh, video and audio production and uh, editing a magazine and that sort of thing. And then after that, I had a uh, a, a video production business of my own, uh, which mostly produced uh, corporate training videos and, and that sort of thing, a few commercials and uh, television pilot. So I did that for several years. And then uh, my wife and I started a web development business, and we've been doing that for almost 25 years. And so the writing has been uh, strictly a part-time thing. Just the other day, I had my 70th birthday, and I'm trying to uh, pull back from everything else uh, that I'm doing and, and devote my time just to writing. Yes. And how did you get into writing? Uh, well, I, I started first writing screenplays because uh, I wanted to write for movies or television. And um, I think I wrote my first spec uh, television script in 1979. And uh So I wrote um, several uh, screenplays, uh, and I wrote uh, Backlash, which which I subsequently wrote as a novel. I first wrote it as a screenplay, but I had an agent at the time who advised me to write it as a novel, and so I did that, and um, I got it published. Um, It was kind of glorified self-publishing. It was through through a, a company that that basically what they did is they put your book on Amazon and, and did the formatting and so forth for you. So I did that, but I wasn't always happy with everything that they did. So I wound up doing a second edition myself uh, back in 2017, I believe. And, um, and then shortly after that, I brought out uh, the second uh, book in the series. Can you Tell us quickly, what is this book about, Blacklash, the first one? Yes, the protagonist is a woman, a young woman, 
who uh, becomes the CEO of an oil company uh, that her grandfather founded when her uh, father passes away unexpectedly. And so she is in charge of this large oil company. And um, one of their installations, a, an oil platform in the Gulf of Mexico, gets attacked by environmental terrorists. And the news media blows it out of proportion and accuses the company of negligence and uh, tries to make them look bad. And so the, the book is what she does in response to try to save her company and, uh, uh, and keep everything. And, and part of the story is that uh, a senator in Congress uh, has a law that raises the price of gasoline by $2 a gallon. And so it's a tax on gasoline in addition to existing taxes. And so it turns out that by raising it to that price and they're only allowed to pass on a dollar per gallon of that, there's no way that they can make a profit. And so they launch what's called Operation Backlash, which is basically a boycott. They they don't sell gasoline for a while, and um, and everything that happens in the economy uh, as a result of that is what the story is about. Oh, I can imagine the situation, how it can be complicated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what is your protagonist's name? Her name is Jacqueline James, and uh, she goes by Jackie. Um, but um, her her grandfather founded the company, and uh, so she has has worked for it all of her life. And you know, Gary, I love that you decided to make the main character a woman CEO. <laughs> yeah, the the first draft uh, did have, uh, the CEO being a man, but then I got to thinking that it would be so much better if she was a woman in a man's world and, uh, all of the additional problems that she would face because of that. And out of curiosity, what was your inspiration for this character and this story? Well, I, um, I was thinking about you know, the impact of government regulation and taxes and all of that on businesses. Uh, since I've been an entrepreneur myself, and um, I didn't initially uh, think that it had to be an oil company, um, because all, all businesses have to deal with, uh, with governmental regulations and taxes and, and um, you know, the forms you have to file and all of that. And um, the, uh, I wanted to explore the, the impact, but I, I grew up, as you said, in Oklahoma, and my father worked for an oil company for 31 years uh, as a middle manager. So I was acquainted kind of secondhand with the, uh, the type of thing that happens in the economy with the, with the oil industry. I, I didn't really 
Uh, I didn't work in the oil industry and I didn't really study it per se, but I kind of picked up a lot by osmosis, which you cannot hardly help but do living in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is the only state that has oil wells on the capital grounds. So it's, uh, it's kind of in the DNA of, uh, of Oklahomans. So making it uh, an oil company, I thought was, was good because everybody, even people who are opposed to fossil fuels, everybody is impacted by the products that come from oil, whether it's plastic or even, even uh, medications have a, a base in petroleum products. And of course, the roads that we all drive on are made from asphalt, which is also an oil product. And so it's very, very hard to, to get away from the impact of that industry, uh, regardless of how you feel about it. So that's, that's why I chose that. Gary, you, you were telling me that originally you want this story to be a screenplay, but an agent told you to publish it as a novel. Yes, uh-huh. But it, it just so happens that some interest has been expressed now in, in actually making a movie out of it. So I'm, I'm rewriting the screenplay. Uh, the process of writing a novel uh, caused a lot of changes from the, from the point at which I started, which was the screenplay. Uh, so I'm, I'm rewriting it as a screenplay. And so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but anyway, it would be exciting to see it actually happen. Like, can you explain to our listeners the process of adapting a novel into a screenplay? I think it's kind of difficult, don't you think? Uh, yes, it, it can be very difficult um, because in a novel, you, you can have your characters, you, you can actually show their thoughts you can show what they're thinking you can show you can go back and you can give them uh, history backstory um, that uh, explains a lot of a lot of their actions and uh, some of those some of those things can go on for many pages in a novel where you're basically just you're you're hearing the the uh, character's thoughts well in a screenplay it's the exact opposite. You cannot do that at all, uh, at least uh, unless you're going to have a, a disembodied echo voice or something like that, which is kind of cheesy. But uh, basically, you have to show everything that the character is thinking through action, through what they do. And so, you know, it might just be a look or it might be something that they go and, and actually do. And so what happens, people often complain if they've read a book and then they go see the movie because the movie's different. But the reason the movie's different is because you cannot do some of the same things in a, a movie that you do in a, in a novel. And so it means that Many times, and I've already been having to do some of this as I'm writing the screenplay, you have to combine uh, scenes 
because you just don't have as much time for one thing. If you made a screenplay as long as a novel, it would be a mini series. It would be, you know, 10 hours long. Uh, so you have to combine scenes. You have to drop a lot of dialogue. You have to infer things through action that you were able to explain in detail in the novel. And so, so oftentimes you will have characters in a movie that were not in the novel. And that's because you may have to combine characters. You may have to have uh, words come out of different characters' mouths in the movie because of just because you, you can't have as many people because you wouldn't be able to keep track of them in a, in a 90 minute to two hour movie if you had too many. So, um, so there are just a lot of differences and you have to, you have to account for them. For sure. And Blacklash has been on your mind as a movie for a while. Yes. Especially with your video production background. So who do you envision acting in this film or maybe even directing? Well, that's, that's a good question, and I haven't really gotten that far with it. Um, I, do, I do know a director that uh, I've talked to about the project, and, um, and so it's very possible that, that he will be involved. He's, um, he's an award-winning uh, documentary director, and so um, it's very possible that that he'll be uh, involved in, in the project. But as far as uh, stars and who to play the parts, I, I don't really have anybody uh, in mind at the moment. And it kind of depends. I would not direct the film. You know, the, the director will have a part in that and there'll be a casting director and, and a lot of people will, you know, will have uh, an impact on those decisions. And how old is Jackie? Jackie is 38 in the uh, story. I wanted her to be young enough that she would be a threat to the old boy network in the company. And so she would get some blowback because of that. So she's a woman. She's, uh, she's relatively young. And she is uh, also short. I made her short so that uh, that would be one more thing, you know, that would kind of uh, cause some people to, uh, uh, to, to be critical of her or not to take her seriously. So that means that I cannot play her role. <laughs> <laughs> Too tall to be Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you currently working on anything that you would like to share with us, Gary? Yeah, um, I I have some other projects for sure. I have uh, three three other screenplays. One of them I just submitted the other day to a production company, and uh, we'll see about what happens with that. But um, uh, it's called Flyboy. It's a World War II film about a pilot who gets shot down, and he's rescued by a a young woman carrying a uh, Tommy gun and riding a motorcycle. And she's part of the underground, the French underground. And um, she tries to get him back to England along with her father, who is uh, one of the underground members. And uh, uh, 
Unfortunately, they are exposed by a German spy and the father is killed and she is taken captive and, and tortured and so forth by the, by the Nazis. And um, so he has to go back and rescue her. Uh, so that's the story of that. It's called Flyboy. Wow, Gary, you do not stop. You keep <laughs> writing. And where can our listeners connect with you? Well, uh, my website for Backlash is uh, backlashbook.com. And so you can go there, you can see information about it, you can see a synopsis of both Backlash 1 and Backlash 2, Justice Denied. You can go to the links that go to where you can purchase Backlash, either as a Kindle book or as a, as a paperback. And uh, also you can order it right on the, the site if you would like to have a signed copy. And uh, I have a place where you can enter your email address if you'd like to be included in my mailing list and get any news about Uh, backlash, uh, anything that's going on, or even if there might eventually be a backlash three. I haven't decided for sure about that, but, uh, but it's a possibility. And what message do you have for anyone out there who is trying to enter the world of screenwriting? Oh, well, it's, a, it's an area that's got a lot of competition And uh, the most, most important thing that I can, I can think of right now is uh, you've got to learn the basics. Uh, writing a screenplay is a very specialized type of thing. You have to have a very specialized format. Um, you have to learn the structure. Uh, you have to learn about storytelling and um If you, if you try to pitch a screenplay that you've written, but it's not in the right format or it doesn't have the right structure, uh, then it's just going to be automatically rejected. So, so the most important thing I can say is learn the basics uh, of structure and, uh, and storytelling and so forth. One book that helped me a lot is... Uh, Save the Cat. I don't remember the, the author's uh, name. But I, have, you, I have this you, book. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a great book and, and is really, really clear about uh, screenplay structure. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it made a big difference in, uh, for me. So thank you very much for your participation. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.